Another one. Ohio State is stacking up return announcements and stacking up the 2024 roster. The latest, Emeka Ebuka confirming his uh, plans and intentions to return to the Buckeyes. These are snap judgments. They're brought to you by Buyers Auto. That is Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Uh, are you surprised or not surprised, Bill, that Emeka is coming back for his senior season? I'm not surprised. Uh, again, another guy who I think kind of telegraphed it a little bit with some of the thoughts he was willing to share with us when we talked to these guys a couple weeks ago. Um, and I just like clearly the season didn't go the way he wanted wanted it to. And it was interesting to me, like I was looking at some mock drafts the other day and some of them still had a Mecca in the first round. So I am curious what kind of feedback he did end up getting from from the NFL. Maybe we can, we can ask him that the next time we talk to him. But it seemed to me like it was not the opportune time for him to to make that jump just based off of how last season went with the injury and the kind of lack of production that we expected him to have. So, okay. Berm? Uh, not a surprise, uh, but doesn't mean it's not really important. I think that as we continue to look at the the potential for an evolving Ohio State offense and the difference between what Emeka Abuka does as a wide receiver and what you might get out of Carnell Tate or Jeremiah Smith or Brandon Innes or um, even Jaden Ballard. I think that like my brain keeps going back to 2019 and, and thinking about the the way that different receivers like KJ Hill were used in that in that year. And I, and I think that that's the role Emeka Abuka will star in for Ohio State is you add a quarterback that. Uh, you know, ch- gives you a run dynamic as you bring be- Quinshawn Judkins in, as you maybe retain Travion Henderson. I think that uh, Emeka being used in the way that Xavier Johnson was used, but all, but like on steroids, uh, is is the best way for him to really make an impact for Ohio State. And I think that that's the way it'll happen. Uh, do you guys know is the Cotton Bowl part of the playoff next year by any chance? Part all the bowls are yeah. all the all of the New Year Six bowls are part. So of the it. only reason I really wanted Emeka to come back was so we could maybe play uh, in Dallas again and tr- hear that guy try to say Amika Abuku one more time. Amiki <laughs> Abuki. So, so that I mean, I think. Hey, Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Next time, get yeah. a pronunciation guide before you go onto a live microphone. Or it's just Emeka Abuka. He's one of the best wide receivers in America. Or just ask, hey, buddy, how do we how do we pronounce this? Anyway, well, maybe he still has some work to become a household name, at least one household in Texas that would probably need to know Emeka Ibuka's name heading into next year. It it feels like, like we know that, or we don't know, we suspect, Bill, like you mentioned, that the draft stock took a little bit of a tumble because of the injury the last two months. I think that that overshadows the value that Emeka Ibuka, a healthy version, brings to Ohio State and where he fits in nationally. You think back to the trajectory he was on at the end of September. Now, he did have a drop in this game that I'm about to talk about, but the Buckeyes simply aren't escaping South Bend without Emeka Ibuka in, what, third and 22 is the highlight of that. But he he had seven catches in that game, I think, for 94 yards, something around there. And they were critical because Marv was trying to work through the ankle. He was not at full strength, full effectiveness. Ohio State's back was against the wall. And that was when it was like, all right, this is starting to, really get unlocked for a Mecca. He's becoming the more complete version. It's not just going to be gadget stuff on the ground. And after that, uh, you know, tightrope surgery there in October, I don't know that we ever saw him at full strength again. He felt like he was getting back towards that in Dallas, but then the offense around him looked completely different. So 
I think the injury and then the Cotton Bowl are, I won't speak for everybody, but it seems like have diminished a little bit of why we think this is so significant for Ohio State, which is remembering September and what that was going to look like. Yeah, and remembering last year, too, when he had, was it 70? His and Marv production was basically identical last year. Um, so, yeah, I, I would hope. I think I think the country still has a good idea of what a Mecca is. I, I know Ohio State fans do. Um, and, and I think we all who have watched the Mecca's entire career knew that when he did come back, he just clearly wasn't himself. And what, what was the was the last home game? Minnesota? Like, he, he started to look like himself, I think, a little bit. I remember asking Ryan Day about that after that game. Um, but we never really got to see it kind of put on full display. It didn't have a big game against Michigan, and as you said, um, didn't have much of a chance in the Cotton Bowl because uh, throwing the ball in that game was exceedingly difficult, apparently. So um, I, I still think everything that we've seen from Emeka, like at his peak, is is very much still there. And, and to Berm's point, I, I think there are opportunities now for Ohio State as we move forward to, to kind of make him the focal point of the offense, right? There's there's a lot of talent there. Like you, you got to get Quinshawn Junkins the ball and certainly Travion Henderson if he comes back and all the young receivers as well. But Emeka is so versatile, you can move him around everywhere. I, I, I think it could look something like what clearly the plans were for Jackson Smith and Jigba coming back to the 2022 season, plans that really never got off the ground because Jackson got hurt that year. But I think we all had a pretty good idea of what that was going to look like. And I'm not saying that Jackson and, and Emeka are the same players because I, I, I don't think they are. But I do think they have a versatility to them that allows you to move them around around the board and do different stuff. So that's what I'm expecting now for Emeka now that he's going to come back and, and be, I, I won't say the leader of the offense because it's I think the quarterback needs to be that, but um, certainly the guy who's who's maybe the most featured component of it. He's definitely the leader of the wide receiver room, and that's a, a room that needed a leader to return. Um, when you have a, a lot of young, talented players like Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis and Jeremiah Smith and Ballard, who will be in his fourth year, but he, he's not ever been the guy that people are really looking to to lead the room. Uh, you had Mylon Graham, you have uh, Keon Grays and Kojo Antwi still, uh, but what you need is a guy who's going to be able to be the vocal leader of that group. And I think, unfortunately for Emeka Abuka, sometimes the, the the desire to to see the new shiny toys like Carnell Tate, like Brandon Ennis, maybe takes some of the the uh, the luster off of this return and what it means for Ohio State, but like internally, I, I can guarantee you that there might not be a guy that people are happier to have back uh, inside of the building at Ohio State than the Mecca Buka. He is exactly what you need as a player, as a person, as a leader. Um, and this is a, the number one receiver in the country in the class of 2021. He, he's lived up to the expectations, even if uh, he was sometimes playing second fiddle to a guy like Marvin Harrison, who became uh, the best receiver in the country. But uh, it, it's it's hard to look at a, a decision like this and think about anything other than the positives. And, uh, you know, you, you'll find ways to to look at it and go, oh, well, there's only one football. How do you do this? But, like, that's, that's a really, really good problem to have. And uh, Ohio State uh, heading into the 2024 season, now waiting on just Travion Henderson. Like, it, it is shocking to me to think about where this team is is projecting right now as opposed to where we thought they would be roster wise two months ago. Like it's in, it's sort of insane. Well, I mean, uh, the driving impetus, obviously we've talked about this with a number of guys is coming up short against Michigan three years in a row for that particular class of Buckeyes. They've never got a set of gold pants. They don't own one and they haven't won the big 10 and they haven't, you know, won a national championship. I, I think that it's significant that they're standing by their words, that their legacy matters to them. And Emeka was one of the, the most vocal about that in December. And I think 
yes, we've talked about, you know, Will Howard and the quarterback needing to be the vocal leader of an offense. But if you look at that group as a whole last year, and there was, you know, some criticism from different places throughout the year about is that fire there? Who's going to be the guy who speaks up and talks about it? In the second half of the year, I, I mean, Emeka wasn't playing for four of those games. I think back to August in the second open practice, and I remember distinctly the vibe on snap judgments afterwards. That was an oh, ugly, yeah. ugly practice. And part of the reason that we were able to evaluate it as harshly as we did is because the person who was most upset about it and telling the offense in the end zone as we left that, th that that's not acceptable was a Mecca Ibuka. And he can lead and he will use his voice both in public with the media and private in the locker room. That should not be overlooked, I don't think, in what Ohio State is getting back here. Yes, we know the speed, elusiveness, elusiveness versatility, all those things at wide receiver and maybe as a rushing threat. But, you know, the thing about Marv, he was a leader by example. No question about that. And everyone's going to be out there on the Monarch and do that stuff, you know, with him. But sometimes you need somebody to grab a jersey, grab a handful of jersey and get in a guy's face. And I think, you know, with Cade no longer being part of that equation for Ohio State, that's going to be a Mecca's role, right? And I think that's a oh. big deal. Yeah, I mean, and now they they have they have a Mecca on the offensive side, and I think Denzel is probably that guy on on the defensive side, right? And you need the like the, the expectations are going to be crazy high for this team now that they have everybody coming back, and I, I think it'll be easy to fight like a sense of complacency because one, they haven't accomplished their goals for a couple of years, and two, they're bringing back a bunch of guys who are hungry to like try to win a championship. But if there's ever any slippage in any of that, uh, I think Mecca Abuka and Denzel Burke will make sure that that, that doesn't last particularly long. The expectations that you have heading into 2024 feel pretty similar to what you had heading into this past season. The expectations are super high. The question marks are the same. What do you get out of the quarterback? What do you get out of the offensive line? And those two things will determine where the season goes. I think that having a guy like Emeka Ibuka to remind people of that, that, hey, this is where we were six months ago. This is still not good enough is, is instrumental. Um, and, you know, we can talk about all the reasons that he's so impactful. Uh, for for a lot longer, but it, it's still here. We are now four days before the final decisions have to be made for Travion Henderson and JT Tuomaloa. Like things are constantly shifting all over the place from what we hear on, on those fronts. You've got Nick Saban retiring. The, the the entire landscape of college football feels like it's uh, shifting a little bit, and all of these guys who I've said this for every one of these announcements, and I'll say it again have made the decision that they trust Ryan Day and the culture of that room and, and that building. And I think people should be thrilled rather than looking at it and saying, hey, Ryan Day's a problem or Ryan Day can't do this. Like These guys clearly believe in what he's preaching to them. Uh, and I think that that is extremely telling. What do you envision for the usage here, Bill, with the Mecca Buka? Because it's not just Marv, who has not made an official announcement, but I can tell you that the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, there's nobody in there holding out any hope that there's a, a last-minute surprise. But it's not just Marv. It's also Julian Fleming and Xavier Johnson. So, I mean, it would have been, the whole room at the top would have been wiped out if Emeka Ibuka left. And no matter how well you recruit, that would have been a daunting proposition, even as highly as we all you know, think of Carnell Tate's ability, the chance for Brandon Ennis to be a, a weapon in the slot, and then adding Jeremiah Smith into that equation next year. It, it still feels like a Mecca's got to get back to 
even a higher volume than his sophomore year, just based on what else is missing. Yeah, he had, I'm looking now, um, he had 106 targets uh, in his sophomore year. That feels like a pretty high number. The, the thing that makes it difficult for me is figuring out exactly what the offense is going to look like. Right? Are, are they going to, I just don't see them throwing the ball like upwards of 35 times a game. I, I do think this is going to be a team that wants to run the ball quite a bit. Um, so so I guess you have to factor that in. But yeah, I, I think the, the workload is going to be pretty high for, for Emeka because it's not like... I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not trying to be disparaging necessarily to Julian Fleming, right? But like, if Julian Fleming were coming back into this room, I would say like that's a guy. If I were him, like I'd be worried about my ability to get touches in the offense um, because I don't know that he's like a, all that dynamic of a player. And there's a lot of like really young, talented players like who've been biding their time. Some who are coming into the program now, and like everyone wants to eat. Um, I don't know that I like if I'm a Mecca. I don't think I worry about that. Like this is a first round receiver. Um, so he is going to be at the top of the pecking order. Um, I'm curious to see like if they if they move him outside some. He's played like 70% of his snaps in his career in the slot. Um, do they try to feature him more on the outside, maybe to open things up to, to get Brandon Ennis at least some work so that it's not a mecca dominating all, all the all the slot snaps? Um, I think that's probably on the table. But in terms of like target share, I, I think a mecca is number one and probably number one by a significant margin this year. I, I don't know why it would be any other way. I don't think it matters how many touches he gets. It's what kind of touches he gets. I mean, if if you're giving him the ball in space and you're getting him a chance when, and he's got some one-on-one situations, stop the bubble screens, those sort of things that don't seem to work for Ohio State, and and get him the ball in the in the ways that the KJ Hills and the uh, Paris Campbells did. Get him the ball like that. Uh, for me, like I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about NCAA 2024 coming out, and and I'm thinking about four wide, right, with Carnell Wade and. Jeremiah Smith on the outside and Brandon Innes and, and Emeka Ibuka in the slots. And you got either Travion or Quinshawn Judkins behind Will Howard like that. Just do that forever. You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Give me that, please. Yeah. No tight ends. Huh? You're speaking my language. Every once in a while. Sure. Bring him in. Yeah. But like, let's go. I mean, th- th- you've got all the pieces here. All Will Howard has to do is be able to throw the ball seven yards at a time. Right. That- that's it. So let's let's all right. We've got it figured out. All I'm doing on 24 is pop pass to a Mecca or fake pa- fake pop pass quarterback power with Will Howard, and we're going all the way to the natty, baby. That's all you need. First, you're going to put both those guys on Wyoming's roster and then do that. Well, of course. I mean, the portal yeah. is there for a reason. You should That's use right. it. Yeah. And Wyoming's got nil money to spare always. Uh, Actually, it seems like Ohio State has quite a lot of money to spare as well because it's difficult to keep a roster like this together no matter how motivated they are to come back by losing to Michigan, not winning the Big Ten. In this day and age, you still have to be involved in that front, and it seems like things are probably trending in the right direction for Ohio State that way. Not saying that was the sole deciding factor for Emeka Ibuka because he made it very clear uh, throughout the month of December how important the rest of those factors were, but it's a big deal. That's another version of Live Snap Judgments brought to you by Buyers Auto to get into it. Thanks to Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham for hanging out with me, Austin Ward. Thanks to you all for watching. We'll talk to you later.